welcome Pastor Julia to the pulpit this morning to bring the Word of God. Come on, guys, let's give her an awesome welcome and shout of praise. Hallelujah. Julia, thank you. Thank you. Wow. I think we've... Um, let's put this down here. I think we've received so much this morning already. We could actually do an article and go home. I'm like, please see it. Actually, there was two things. It talked about, you know, Jesus being resurrected and forgiveness coming to us. And you know, this morning, the first step that you can make is actually asking Jesus to come in. And you know, we can, we can be in the way for a long time. We can be Christians for a long time and we move. We move away from the truth of that. And sometimes we just need to take a moment and ask for that to settle back in our hearts, you know? And the other two things, with, with forgiveness comes, it says He took all our shame. And there's somebody here this morning, you feel shame over what the, the, has happened in your life. You need to let that go because Jesus paid an amazing price to take your shame. Amen. And the other thing is you feel unloved. I, it's, you almost feel like it's incapable for people to love me because of who I really am. Because, you know, we know deep down sometimes the thoughts and the things in our heads. But God says today, you are loved. You are my beloved. And I just, before we start preaching and, and moving on, I think we just have to stop a minute because what she, um, Claire shared this morning was extremely powerful that we can sit. And, and actually, it's part of my sermon, but I'm going to pull it out right now because, you know, um, the Jews spent 40 years in a place because of their ne negativity and their bad thinking and everything. They could have gone through that land in two weeks. But because of their thinking, they were stuck. They were stuck there for 40 years. You don't want to be stuck where you are. You know, we've been in lockdown. Okay, we're out. You know, we have, even in lockdown, you can have freedom in your head because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because freedom in our life first comes from freedom in our mind. And you need to give Jesus permission to set your mind free of the lies, of the shame, of I'm not, I cannot be loved. You know, you are beautiful. God took time to breathe His breath into you when you were born. You're not ugly. You're not a mistake. You're not a screw up and all those things you think. You are beloved. God loves you. And He's coming to you this morning and He's saying, Welcome home. Welcome into my place. And I just want us to take a minute. God, I just pray you just come, Holy Spirit, and just touch each person's heart only like you can. Melt our hearts down, God. Forgiveness, you gave us the gift of forgiveness so we would feel no shame, that we can be loved, that we can walk in joy and liberty. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Just take a breath. You know, that's a God-given breath. If you ever doubt it, just take a big breath. He loves you. Amen. You may be seated. You know, there was another point that Claire brought out. It's like she'd read part of my sermon, Naughty Girl. You know what? You had the glory of the Lord all over you. You know, when you're asked to do something, yeah, you do feel scared. But if you let God come in and give that prophetic unction, oh, my goodness, girl, you were shining. It was just awesome. Thank you, for, thank you Singapore, for sending to us. We love her. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you get stuck, see, God had done all those miracles for the Jews and he'd left them, parted the waters and brought them through the sea. He had fed them. But, you know, it's like us. In fact, sometimes it's like sitting at home. Come to church. Meet with your brothers and sisters. You know, it's so such a joyful thing to see everybody here this morning. But, you know, you can get stuck. And when you get stuck, you start just emphasising the little things, the silly little things, whereas like the Jews, oh, we want to go back to, to um, Egypt. We, they fed us and they were talking about they'd rather be back there. The lies come in the head. You know, God wrote this, this Bible and it's all love, his love to us. You know, I was saying to Jesse the other day, there's not one word in there about liking. And liking is, is about behaviour. And anybody who's had um, teenagers, you'll know this, that sometimes you don't like what they're doing. We don't like what you're doing sometimes, kids. But, oh, my goodness, we love you with all our hearts. And God doesn't put in here likes because he knows our behaviour will get out of line at times. But he talks about his love for us, his, his abounding love. What a great God, isn't he? So thank you, Claire. You messed up my sermon a little bit today, but God must be saying something saying something, and John hit on a few of those points as well. But um, I'm going to pinch a bit of Jesse's sermon because Don asked me to do this before Jesse spoke last week, and then he started talking from Matthew 28, and I was thinking, how dare you? But, you know, it's so powerful because, like Claire said, don't get stuck. We're moving on. We're going to the next thing. And do you know what? This great salvation Believe it or not, is isn't about you. It's about others. And that's why we need to meet together and come in here and fellowship because we need to bring, and I've really had this word from the Lord lately, that um, we need to start looking and start bringing and start sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, stop thinking about what's happening out there. You know, when Jesus came to earth, he didn't go to the parliament. He didn't go to all the, he, he focused on what his father had sent him to do, didn't he? Yeah. And, you know, Jesus has given us a commission and we need to focus on what he has called us to do and all the other stuff. We're free from it. 
we are free. And um, so that's a word for somebody today, that you're free from all that. You know, if we get stuck in it, you see, we bring the joy to the world. If we start focusing on all these other things, we, we lose our joy. Okay? So in Matthew 28, it says, Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That means a whole universe. If we go back into Matthew 28, 10, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Throw off your fears. Throw off these fears of what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, God's got it all planned for you. You weren't going to die of COVID because he numbered your days from the day you were born. You might have got sick. But your, your days are numbered and nothing can take you out, okay? So get rid of your fears. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee. And I looked up brethren and it's not friends, it's brothers and sisters. You see, something when Jesus res was resurrected, it changed. And we were no longer just friends. We were brothers and sisters. We've been brought in. He's pulled us in and he's put his arms around us. And he's virtually said, you are heart of my heart. How cool is that? So the language has changed from friends to brothers and sisters. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Now go in my authority. So now he's giving this authority to his brothers and sisters. Sometimes we're so worried and we forget the authority that we have. And it doesn't matter if things don't change. If we speak it, our language needs to change, church. And it says, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. I'm getting too excited about this. Oh, my gosh. I could see Claire, the more she talked, she was getting excited about it too. And never forget that I am always not sometimes, always with you. Now, stuff is going to happen. John Pearson, when you fell off your motorbike, but God was with you. And I wasn't going to kill you because your days aren't up, okay? There's more for you, young man. Every day to the end of the age and beyond, He's with us. Do you know when we die, he's going to come and take us by the hand. He's going to walk us into glory and we're going to have a party. He is always with us. We should never fear because he is always. Throw off the fear. Oh, man, isn't it great living in God's purposes? Yeah, get up. Get excited. I've got to turn the page. You know, 40 years ago, <clears throat> I was sitting in, my house in Whangarei, Jesse knows where it is, and we built onto it. And in our lounge, we built a spiral wooden staircase and it went up to where our bedroom and bathroom was away from the children. So good. And um, I was coming down one morning and I got halfway down those stairs and I couldn't move. And I just sat on the stairs and I cried. And I cried. And Don had been in Tonga for six weeks probably because 
Maybe I thought I was crying. I'd been stuck with the kids for six weeks. <clears throat> but no. And then I heard God say to me, go. And I was thinking, hmm, that's a bit strange. And he said, no, it's time to go. And I knew that he was calling us as a family to go to Tonga. Now, Don was already there. So when he got home, I said, God's spoken to me. And he says, oh, yes. And he, I said, he said, go. It's time for us to go as a family. And he'd been praying about it because God had said that to him in Tonga. Now, church, you've got to realise that God was calling Don, but he was calling me as well, woman. He doesn't just call your husband. He calls you, and you have a purpose as well, and you have a future. Don't run away, Pam. God's got a purpose and a future. <laughs> and sometimes we've got to remember that We've got this awful thing in our heads that we're only doing what we do because my husband, like Sharon could say, well, I'm a pastor here just because John. No, God has called Sharon as well. He's put a mandate on her life as well. Girls, you need to realise this. So God needed to speak to me because, you know, going on the mission field is not an easy thing. So we arrived in Tonga in the middle of the night. I've got to have a drink. Four children, 12 bags. <clears throat> in the middle of the night, we stepped off the, um, the plane and it felt like we'd hit a heat wave. And then there was like thousands of Tongans around talking in Tonga. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? What can I do here in a country that speaks another language? And I stood still. And, you know, God is so awesome. I just heard this little voice say, and it's out of Ruth, the book of Ruth, 1, 17, something like that, 16. I will make these my people your people. You see, God, is, if you just still yourself and listen sometimes, he just gives you that quiet reassurance. So we moved into a house and he provided a house and he provided a vehicle, a motorbike. If we had to go as a family, we had a tractor and we used to sit on the, um, it was the kids were very embarrassed, the trailer. We sit, and as we go past, the time go ah, palangi like the poor palangi's riding on the the trailer. But at any rate, God did it all, and we'd been there two two months, and we were ministering in the prison, and we had the farm. The prime minister had given us some land, and we were farming, and Don had built a warehouse there, and he was training the guys with building and different things like that. So we were busy, and then. YWAM arrived in Tonga and um, one of the businessmen that came wanted to see what we were doing in the prison and um, Don showed him and around and everything and he says, look, I would like to pay for you to come to the YWAM conference. And they were mostly very wealthy businessmen 
and they were looking at setting up a base in Nukalofa. So Don went for two days and then on the second night, Lauren Cunningham said to him, would you give your testimony the next morning? And Don was, you know, like we were just little missionaries. We were nobodies, you know, we are just little missionaries working. And, you know, when you go to, as a missionary, you don't have a platform to speak to thousands. A missionary works. They're on the ground. You're doing the everyday working with the people. So don't think, oh, it's this beautiful, um, you know, you're just there communing with God because it is a lot of hard work. And um, so Don came home and he said to me, um, what am I going to talk about? And I said, remember the money. So he went and shared about what we were doing in, in Tonga and then he, he um, started telling the story. We'd only been in Tonga a couple of weeks and he was going out to the farm to do some work and then he was coming back and he was going to bank all of our money. It was $5,000. It was a lot of money in those days. And he had it, you guys will understand, shoved in his back pocket. Okay. <laughs> So he goes out to the farm and he's riding back on the motorbike, gets to the bank and, oh, no, the money's gone. And I think more, he was more scared of the wrath of Julia than the wrath of God. <laughs> he came home and he said to me, I've lost all our money. But, you know, God is just so amazing um, I'd been reading this book that was written by Lauren Cunningham because I thought, well, he's here. I'll find out what this dude's all about and that. And in the book, there's a story of when he was a little boy, um, they were quite poor, and his mother sent him to the um, 7-Eleven, I think it's what they call them in America, to get some bread. And she gave him her last $20, and that was supposed to last the, the whole week. So little Lauren goes off walking along the road to the dairy, okay, and he gets there and he's lost his $20. And he runs home crying to his mother thinking, I'm in big trouble. And I would love to meet his mother. She didn't freak out. She says, Lauren, we're going to pray and we're going to pray until God shows us where that money is. So the little boy got down beside his mother and they prayed and she says, I know where it is and along the pathway um, caught in some grass was the $20 and they got the bread and brought it home. So I said to Don, that's what we need to do. We need to pray and ask God to show us where the money is. So we prayed and prayed Nothing happened. I said to him, well, obviously I'm not Lauren's mother. <laughs> but at any rate, so we went to bed and we went to sleep and God showed Don in a dream during the night where the money was. Woke up the next morning, he told me, and I said, Don, do you know how many Tongans walked down that road in a night and a morning? It won't be there. But at any rate, he got on the bike and he rode out to this, um, it was an intersection on the road and there was the money. And God had blinded every Tongan to that money sitting on the road because Don says he could see it. 
blinding them to it. And he picked it up and he brought it, went and put it in the bank, of course. So Don went to, to the um, conference and he gave his testimony and then he shared this story about the money. And then he looks over and there's Lauren Cunningham on his knees on the front row crying and crying with tears down his face. And Don went up to him and he says, you know, can I pray for you, mate? You know, how you do? And he says, thank you. He said, I had forgotten that principle in my life that my mother had taught me. And, of course, carrying the load of YWAM all around the world and that, I guess you get so busy that you start doing and you forget to pray about everything. And this morning I just want to encourage you that if you have issues in your life, your first port of call is prayer. It's not going to fix it. Running off to the bank or running here or running there, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to pray first and sometimes pray till God gives us an answer. As that example and Don got the opportunity to pray for Lauren Cunningham who um, set up a Waiwain base in um, Tonga and all around the world. Who knows if we weren't just called to Tonga to share that word with him. See, so often we think we're on the way to do this and God swings us around and we're doing this as well and that there might be more important than that there. But we've got to be listening for his voice. We've got to be listening to what he's saying. We've got to be praying, church. You know, if we're trying to build the church, the kingdom of God, we cannot do it without prayer. And I want to say that prayer is not some religious closet thing. You can pray in your car. You can pray as you sing. If you're a worshiper, sing your prayer. If that's easier. While you're vacuuming, girls, I used to do my spiritual warfare in tongues when I was vacuuming. I brought, do you know how many um, the steel pipes on the vacuum cleaner? Well, it wasn't steel, it was plastic. The plastic pipes I have broken on a vacuum cleaner praying. You know, Donald come home and he says, you've been praying again, haven't, I, haven't you? Yeah, I'm sorry. But, you know, we can, we can pray anywhere. We can talk to him anywhere. Just talk in your normal everyday language like we would talk to our husband or, or wife. But we need to pray more. And when we see things, instead of getting disturbed about it, pray about it. Yeah, you don't like something, pray about it. And then walk on in joy because you've given it to God. It's God's problem and we can walk on, okay? On. Wow. I'm way past here. I'm pages over. <laughs> and, you know, I really um, I really felt like that in, with the story of the Jews, you know, that we need not to get stuck where we are. We, we need to move on. God is wanting us to build the kingdom. That's what we're called to do. That was his last, you know, we're always praying, oh, give me a word, God. Well, 
Start doing the last thing he told you to do. And where everybody, like I said to Don the other day, and we're saving our money because we're trying to get this house, sell our house. But I said to Don the other day, let's give 7,000 to the chairs. That's about 10 rows. Because I've certainly got a lot of people in my world that I want to see saved. I want to sow seeds. I want to see all my family and my extended family and my friends saved. So I'm thinking now at this time what, who I can talk to. And this brings me the other night um, at iGroup. I love, I love my iGroup. In fact, you know, people say, oh, it's so hard work. I say to Don, no. By the time they go home, my cup's overflowing because, you see, as we share together, it just overflows. And it's maybe because we're um, a little bit more mature. But some of us aren't mature in our behaviour. Are we Derek and Kevin? We have fun. You need to get in the iGroup or start one at your place and just invite your friends around. You know, all you've got to do is give them a cup of tea, pray for them if they've got a pain and um, put on a study and talk about the study. It's, it's exciting. So we, we've been doing a study on Elijah, which has been really sort of timely. And um, there's a story in here that I want to share but I'm, I'm going to use it with a different twist because as she was preaching it, I was getting a whole different spiel on things. And, you know, that's, that's what's so great about the Word of God. It is living. You say, oh, I've already read it, the Bible, three, three times. See, well, you need to read it 10 and 20 because each time you read it, it's a living thing and it, it, it is applied in your life in a different way. And it's so powerful. And it's from 1 Kings 18. If you want to turn there, I'll turn there. Maybe I'll read it to you first. It's a great story. You know, um, Elijah's just defeated all the prophets of Baal, you know, and burned up all those offerings and everything like that. And it says in 1 Kings 18, 41, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. You know, the country had been in drought for years. No rain. You know, we're a prophetic people. Animals aren't prophetic. Birds aren't prophetic. But we are prophetic beings. Okay, I'll just put that in there. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He began to pray. You know, when you pray, you start to hear a different noise. You know, if you are hearing a lot of negativity and you're feeling depressed, you know, clear your head and put, put it between your knees and just start praying. Actually, if you put it down, all the blood will run to it. Might start working a little bit. <laughs> and said to a sermon, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked. 
and said, there is nothing. Seven times he sent him. Seven times. You know, how often do we give up after the first or second time? Seven times he made him go and look. And he said nothing. And he says, go again. You know, we've got to be ready to go again. Then it came to pass the servant on the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran. He ran ahead of Ahab's chariot. I really believe, you know, we've been through a dry time. A really dry time. And some of us need to change our thinking. And we're all challenged on this because God talked to me about it. What are you focusing on? What's your life all about? Is it about what the government is demanding now? Because that's a government thing. Let them sort it out. That's what I say. And I've heard some not nice words out of people's mouth. You know, we are to talk with generosity and love and kindness. And it says, love one another as I have loved you. You know, we all look at things from a different perspective from a di- different lens. In fact, Priscilla Shearer, she, she was in the movies with a little boy. And he says, I don't like this movie, Mummy. It's all blurry. I cannot see it. And he'd forgotten to put his 3D glasses on. <laughs> and sometimes we forget to put our 3D glasses on and look at what is going on in the world through this perspective, you know, at the moment they're talking about guns and gun laws and, and everything else, and I'm thinking whether we should have guns or shouldn't. You know, actually, the problem is, isn't the guns. It's the heart of man. Yeah. If we loved one another, yeah. we loved one another as he loves us, we would never shoot another brother or sister. It's looking through this lens. Okay, so I really felt in the in the last oh months or two. These these are cloud coming. There is a cloud coming, and the rain's going to come, and the Holy Spirit is going to move in power. Are you ready? Are you listening to the sound? See, Elijah put his head down, he heard the sound. And then the servant saw something that nobody else saw. Can you see what I see? That tiny, tiny little cloud. God says, I'm coming, my people. Are you ready? Are you looking? 
You know, years ago um, when we were out at South City, I always said to Don I wasn't an evangelist and he said, Julia, look and see. So I prayed and prayed and God showed me this lady and she was very affluent, wealthy, owned lands, had everything. And God said, go and talk to her. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness. And I was a bit intimidated. But she was ripe for the picking. And then one day she came, she said, can we have lunch together? And I heard her story of brokenness. See, God knows the hearts of people. And you need to start praying for God to show you the one and the two. And it's not just talking to them and spending time with them. You need to bring them. You need to bring them to the house of God. Because that man on that stretcher could never make it by himself. He needed four friends on each corner of that stretcher to bring him and it took effort and it took time. But wasn't it worthwhile when he rose up off that stretcher and walked and began living a fruitful life? And, you know, there's people out there that are broken and hurting and need the truth that is in you. And you don't need scripture. You just have to tell people about the goodness in your life, the amazing things that God has done in your life because they can't argue with that because you've, outlived it and you don't have to be the worst sinner you know I always used to think oh look at the kids that were living on the streets and God did this work and they came in God says but I've done a work in you you need to tell people about how I've changed your heart because when it comes from your heart it melts people's lives and I think what an opportunity you know like You've got weeks before we move in there. You imagine if every one of you bought one or two people. That's all. We're not saying save the world. But the thing is that once you speak to one, they get saved, you get, you get caught up in it. Who else? Show me God. And, you know, it'll always work when you pray, show me God. Show me. Show me their heart. Show me where I can touch them. And um, I think it's so powerful. It's so, you know, you've got family, you've got neighbours, you've got work colleagues, you've got friends. Ask God to show you the pearl in them. Ask God to show you their heart. So you mightn't go to another nation like I did. But you've got a harvest field around your life that I'll never speak to. John and Sharon will never speak to. You are the person of hope for them, okay? Do you know Jesus is your best friend? That's what you've got to do first. You've got to make Jesus, not, oh, I've prayed the prayer and I'm a Christian. No, is he your best friend? 
Do you talk to him every day? You think of it like this. You get up in the morning, guys, and you don't talk to your husband or your wife and just walk around them all day and don't talk to them. What state would your marriage be like in a year? You have no relationship. If you don't pray and talk to Jesus, you have no relationship, okay? Maybe you need to reestablish that in your lives today, okay? Then ask God to give you the, show you the person because everybody needs a saviour. And in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You have a lane. I am not in your lane. I have my lane. If you're not fulfilling your lane, there's a gap, okay? There's always obstacles in your lane. Just think you've got you to jump that hurdle. Some of us aren't good at jumping. And we hit our knee on the, you know how you go across and the leg up, and you hit your leg on the hurdle, it falls over. And so you go back. And you try again, you hit the hurdle, you fall down and you go back. You know, God's saying, no, you've hit the obstacle. Now keep going forward. He didn't want you going back. Keep running the race, okay? Run with perseverance and cross the line. And, you know, there's nothing better than the feeling when you do something and you take others with you. It's like doing something in the church like, she or um, the Christmas thing we do together. We do it together and it ends up well and the team, we've, we've won together. You know, that's, that's great, the great thing about the kingdom of God, that we can bring others with us, okay? It's not a race if nobody else is running with us. Right? <laughs> If you're living your life isolated, you're not running a race. You need to be in fellowship with other people. God keeps talking about the gathering of us together. We're better together. You know, that's what I loved about when Jesse put out the survey. Will we um, do segregated or, you know, will we just do services? And 89% came back. We just want to be together and I thought how how our echoes so infiltrate our lives that we are better together lifting each other up praying for each other doing life together having even then we did church at home together it's so together so good that's it down. So Jesus is saying, go. Go and make disciples. Can we have the musicians? Go and make disciples. Bring them into my house. Grow my kingdom. Because if you read in the last bit of um of that first Kings 18, 46, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded his loins and ran, ran ahead of Ahab. Ahab was in a chariot. Do you know when the hand of the Lord is upon you, 
It is energizing. You feel a passion and you keep wanting to go again and again. And you won't burn out because you're coming to the one who redeems. He fills you up. And when you have people around you, your brothers and your sisters, not your friends, your brothers and your sisters, that actually you don't like, sometimes their behaviour is a little bit dodgy, but you love and you will look past people's mistakes. You will look past their behaviours because God has given you a love for your brothers and your sisters. And when we, it says, when we love, they will know us. The world out there will know us, not because we can quote scripture, not because we're beautiful, but because of our love for one another. We need to let that love well up inside of us. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for your goodness this morning. I thank you. Lord, right from the beginning, over the worship team, over Pastor John, over Claire, God, you knitted us together as a team this morning to bring your heart, your heart to this people, to this nation, to go and make disciples, to build your kingdom, to love one another like you have loved us, that you continue to love us. Even when we fall down and we hit an obstacle, God, you encourage us to get up, to continue to run, to continue to shine and to continue to love. Lord, I just pray a blessing this morning. Is there anybody here this morning that you haven't made that first decision of Jesus can you, will you, he will, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new creation. Start me on this path, this walk of life and freedom and love. Is anybody here this morning? Just raise your hand and I can see it. While everybody else has got their eyes closed. No? There's anybody online today? And you just feel... God, moving on your heart. Jesus, I just pray that you would come in and sit with them and be their friend. That you would change their heart. You would forgive them of their sin. That you would fill them with your joy and your love. And God, that you would give them hope for their future. Jesus' name. If you've made that decision, um, please go online and Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.